Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, food bloggers. Are you guys looking for accountability and business growth on a whole new level? If so, you should totally join the new Eat Blog Talk Mastermind program that we are starting in May 2021. Spend time alongside like-minded peers who will hold you accountable so you actually achieve your weekly and quarterly and yearly goals. Masterminds hold massive power. Let's grow together, learn from one another, and stop allowing deadlines to slip through the cracks. Achieve big dreams this year. We are now accepting applications for the Mastermind program, and you can find the application at eatblogtalk.com. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This podcast is for you, food bloggers wanting value and clarity to help you find greater success in your business. Today, I am so thrilled to have Elena Davis with me from MamaMiaManja.com. And we are going to talk about the stories behind the recipes today. Elena is Italian born and living in Utah. She shares achievable and delicious recipes for your daily table. She also shares stories about her Italian life. The stories she tells run deep to relate to most anyone reading. The concepts of love, food, tradition, culture, and simplicity meld together to create a delicious food experience. She is a regular cook on two Utah morning shows and has a documentary coming in April about food and history airing on the KSL network station. Okay, what? That is so cool. Before I even ask you for your fun fact, I want you to talk about that just a little bit. Okay, well, the documentary is actually airing this Sunday. If you go on my Instagram, um, there's a fun tease for it, or if you go to KSL 5, there's a tease for it. And There are some amazing women, all food bloggers that have come together and participated in this food culture um, documentary where we share stories, recipes, food, um, stories with culture. And it's really a way that has brought all of us together. But not only that, it's just a universal language food is that I think will touch so many once they see the this beautiful production. It's been a long time in the making since January. So it is quite the production. We have some people from different parts of the world even um, joining in. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, definitely checking that out. Thank you for explaining that a little bit more. So on top of that, do you have another fun fact to share with us? I do. So I actually have just a couple. I'll say them quickly, though. I'm trilingual, so Italian, French, and English. I've moved 18 times in my life, and um, I'm not a military child. And some of them have been some of them have been in the same state. And I'm a high school teacher of 13 years. Whoa! So many great fun facts there. I feel like we could have a whole discussion just on all of that but really cool information (laughs) I do like that you qualified that you were not um 
like an army or a military uh, child or person because yeah. yeah when you think of 18 times moving you automatically think oh she her family must be in the military <laughs> yes and my family is very stable and um we don't just move from place to place but it just happened there was just different homes available and different things. And then a lot of that, actually, the majority of it has been in my married life, um, going away for school and different opportunities like that. So fun. And it's so fun to be in different areas of the country and the world, just, you know, exploring new areas and exploring new foods in every area too, which is probably part of your story. Yes, absolutely. And so one of the things that um, this food blog of mine, I started in June, 2020. Um, we can get more into that a little bit later, but um, because of the pandemic, there's kind of a story behind it. But this is something that's been brewing in my mind for more than a decade. And it really started um, when food and the love of food and bringing people together through food has always been so important in my family growing up. But it wasn't when I moved out of my house and I got married and we moved to different three different states in the matter of six years that I realized how central food was in bringing people together and making friends. Um, it was my first go-to when, um, when we met a new group of people or people from school like, well, come, come for dinner, come gather. And, and that is how we built and maintained so many relationships with people that we are still friends with today. Oh, I love that. And I just kind of did a rebrand on my food blog. And I hate to say rebrand because it is the same theme I've carried for a long time, but I'm just better now at stating what it is. So I've kind of put words to what my brand is, I guess I should say. And that is like gathering, feeding, and enjoying the people that you gather. So we have very similar themes with that. And I completely agree with you that that is one of the most enjoyable experiences ever in the whole world is gathering your favorite people together or even people you don't know, like gathering people period together to enjoy, feed them really good food because good things happen over a great meal. And I just feel like it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> so I feel like we're on the same page there. Yeah. And I want to say too, before we get started with our conversation, that the story gets so lost these days because the focus is so much on SEO and pleasing, quote, the user, that user that we don't even really know, like yeah. that user, that we are told like, you have to take the story out of this post because you need to answer the question. How can this dish be frozen? And um, what is a substitute for <laughs> oil? You know, like we get so caught up in that, that the story is lost. So I love that you focus on this um, in spite of all of that. So what do you think about that? Like, do you incorporate stories in each of your posts? What I do, and you'll, you'll see this on my Instagram, is you'll see that there's very clear black and white photos. When you see a black and white photo, you know it's going to be just a story. There's usually not a recipe tied to it. Um, but it's what I call my fairly universal stories. And we can get more into what I mean by that a little bit later. But um, there's, so there's, stories, which are just in the black and white. And I also have those on my website. And then inside of the recipes, I usually try to weave in about a short paragraph um, 
if it's applicable, not every single recipe has um, some meaningful, you know, heartfelt story about where the recipe recipe came from. But when it does, I always include it. And it's a very important part into how to how that meal was brought to my table and is going to hopefully make it to other people's tables. And I fear that, like you said, so many people are worried about, well, that's distracting from your keyword search or your focused keywords. You know, you're kind of adding a different element there. Is that okay? And I worried about that when I very first started thinking, does anybody want to hear my story? Does anybody care about you know, my nonna Laura or Dia Rosella who did this in this way and, and whatever. And you know what I found? I found that the more human you are, the more people will gravitate towards you. And a recipe of substituting, you know, vegan butter for this or, or, what, or whatever it is that you're making is important. People want facts as well, because as a food blogger, you're also delivering information. People come to you because they expect you to be an expert in your area, whatever it is, Italian food for me. Um, and I do informational posts where um, I will talk about what's the difference between expensive pasta and cheap pasta. I have a whole blog post on that huge interest there, right? That's informational. That's the expert part of me that comes out. And I'm fine doing that. But I also feel, going back to your question, that it is so important to keep the story alive. That's the human experience. Oh, that's beautiful. I think that is so true and something that we all need to hear because we do get caught up in that grind of trying to please certain things that aren't necessarily human or like that represent human. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to think more in terms of what what do those humans who actually want us want? They want us. They want... Elena, they want Megan, they want our stories about food and not necessarily like entire long posts. I mean, we can create those too, but they do want bits of us, right? Incorporated into each post. Yes. And we live in an artificial intelligent world, you know, Um, the more and more artificial intelligence is coming into our lives and doing things for us so much that we aren't even aware. Um, But for example, on my stories on Instagram, I always try to show my face when possible and get personal and and share um, some experiences and also just relate to the fact that I, I am here for you. My job here is to help you bring achievable, delicious Italian recipes and meals to your table. Here's my face every once in a while. Let me show you that I can be reached. You can ask me a question. We can, you know, and so I feel like that human connection, once you build it, you also build a loyalty. One thing I'm very proud of um, is the engagement. My account is still fairly small as I started not too long ago. And I love all the connections that I have made on there. And people have asked me, how do you do that? And my answer is, it really is my passion from teaching, from loving other people and wanting to get other people um, in my circle and me and theirs. It's it's important to, to reply and to communicate with people because in the end, 
the reason why we're making food, the reason why you're making these recipes and spending this time to learn how to do it is to feed the mouths of the people around you. Oh, Elena, that's so beautiful. And I... I so align with everything that you're saying on both sides of my business. That is the same reason that I deliver recipes and food and recipe posts to my food blog side because I love these people. I want to get to know them. I want them to know that too, that I am not just a food blog. I am a person who loves food and I love them and I want them to enjoy the food the same way I do. And I'm the same way on my podcast side. I deliver value to you guys like everyone because I truly love you and I am not here just as a podcast. I genuinely want to be the human that delivers value and that I really care about you. So this speaks to me so much and I think that personal part of it is so often lost because like you mentioned, we live in an AI world where everything seems robotic and electronic and like automated, which is great for some things, but for some things you have to strip that away and just be you and show people that you are there. So I love that. I uh, recently, my last, uh, I have something called Sunday stories, which are the black and white photos. And almost every Sunday I try to, to post a story. The last story I posted was called what's in a name. And it was about, Um, my name, Elena, or in Italian, Elena. And I wrote a story, and here's where I'll define a little bit a universal story, is where I talk about my childhood experience moving to America and wishing I had the name Stacy, Kelly, and Katie. And I just distinctly remember those names. And I wish I had the smoothest peanut butter name that my teachers could just say and there wouldn't be a pause or there wouldn't be Helena, Helena, Elena, you know, and you can say my name in so many different ways and it's natural, you know, and it's just one of those posts where you get more than 200 comments and people just, it's a story where I had a, I had a lady named Stacy who replied and said, funny, I always wanted my name to be Jenny. I didn't like, you know, and so it's an, it's just an experience where you can share your heart about, something that's a little personal and so many people in your story you're telling a universal story you're not just talking about yourself but you're delivering your story in a way that's relatable that makes you human but also that makes people step into your life either relating it or step into a life and experience that they're glad that they know more about yeah i i love that you do that so you do that Almost every Sunday, you do that on your blog, and then you also share it on Instagram, correct? Yes. So they're just called Sunday Stories, and they're in black and white, and they're intermingled with with all the food and the recipes. I think that's great. I think that people Mm -hmm. obviously come to your account probably because they love your food initially, but then just seeing you and your stories sprinkled in has to be just icing on the cake so i love that you do that and i love that you do the um black and white so that people know yes just to kind of break yeah just to kind of break it up and you know i i it's a conversation i talked to my husband about i remember just early on thinking should i do this should i not what you know should i should no like i don't really know of many that have done that or are doing that um on a consistent basis and, you know, will people get confused and then just think, oh, I just want the food. I don't really care about her little things. And like I said, in the end, it's really 
made a human connection to so many more people that I don't think I could reach just through um, the recipes and the and that alone. But there's certainly ways to do that through just the recipes as well by opening up. If you think about a recipe post without any stories behind it, what do you think of? I mean, I think of like just like all recipes, like something very cut and dried with no emotion, no background, no history. And that does not mean as much to me as a blog post with a human with an actual story. 100%. Um, Even if it's if it's, um, you know, elaborating on ingredients or the beauty of the, the, the tomatoes and finding the right kind or, you know, this, that and the other more than just a slap of ingredients, instructions. Here's a fuzzy photo. You know, I think to me, I don't know, to me, I'm just like, well, wait, where's the heart in that? How can I deliver heart in that? Um, so I have so much love and appreciation, I think more so now than I ever did for food bloggers and, um, blogging in general for people who pour their heart out to, into creating a brand, into creating their story. That's much more meaningful than just ingredients and instructions. So I don't think I ever realized how much work went into it for sure. Yeah, work, but also heart, like you said. There's work and then there's heart, and combining both of them is so meaningful. I think so, too. So how do you do that? How do you share your stories and memories on your recipe posts without just saturating it with story? Do you have a system? Do you do like... Like I limit myself to two small paragraphs in the beginning, but then I sprinkle my personality in throughout. It's not just cut and dried for me. Like I will be me throughout my post. Um, What do you do? What's your process? So here's my process. There's a few things that I try to include in every post. Number one is um, some, and, and not in this order, but just sequentially kind of how it goes is facts, um, just some interesting information about, um, about the ingredients and specifically, you know, which ones you should use and why. And they usually have a deeper meaning than just buy these potatoes instead of these ones. Um, for example, I just wrote a recipe about, um, some Italian herb roasted, um, potatoes with olive oil, and it's a family recipe of ours. And there's a reason why we use these certain potatoes. You can buy them in the United States, but then I talk about the real reason why I buy these is because they taste like the potatoes that I get in Sardinia. That's where I'm from in Italy. And although I can't find those exact ones here, this is the closest. So there you go. I'm tying my voice. I'm giving a reason, a personal reason, relating it back to Sardinia, back to Italy and bringing it here. This is why I use this potato. Um, I usually start with how, how this recipe or this meal might benefit whoever is reading it. Um, by listing some some wonderful um, ways that it can be enjoyed and just describing the different flavors. Because to me, um, I'm visual, but I also love description. I also love to know, why am I going to love this? What, what does it taste like? You know, and kind of just 
bringing to life the flavors in words. I think that is something that's part of my voice in writing. And then um, when there is that experience, it's usually kind of in the middle and it always is prefaced by um, kind of a tagline of the story behind the recipe or the person behind the recipe, um, something like that. And that's kind of big, you know, it's, it's a heading, it's big and bold. So people know, okay, if I want to read this story, there it is. <laughs> and who knows, you know, there's always the button jump to the recipe. Um, and, you know, some people prefer to do that, but I do spend a lot of time and tender love and care into these posts by by giving information by giving reason by giving um insight and also by by delivering and sharing my heart in it and i think that when reading a blog post that you wrote it's evident megan um that your voice like you said it does come out and people like that the little quirky things or whatever it's like oh yeah that's megan you know um and and I, and I love that about, you know, about you and about lots of other food bloggers who I can, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to maybe their style and I like it. It, it. Again, you're forming a human connection on another website where it's just the recipes, you know, you see a name, but you don't know what that person's like. That's why food blogging, I just, I beg and beg for people to, to not be scared of, of the Google search world you know, and to bring back to the human searching world. Now more than ever, we need connection. Um, we've spent a year or more not being able to be connected physically to so many people. And I think that what we put on the internet, which is something that anybody anywhere can see, should have even more value. Oh my gosh, Elena, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was so beautifully said. Oh, you're so oh my goodness. But we do now more than ever, we do need connections. So now is a great time to start sprinkling your personality and bits of you into your content. I loved that you mentioned before just making subtle references to who you are, even if you're talking about maybe something kind of bland like a potato, you can still kind of allude to, to who Elena is when talking about that because you have a history with this. And I mean, you could really do that with any, any recipe that you feel um, you're creating from your heart. You mentioned in your notes, like creating achievable recipes, um, how you can make memories and stories by doing that. Can you talk more about that? Yes. I like to say, make a recipe, create a memory. So how I thought about it, or, you know, my, my thought process behind that is, um, my mother worked full time growing up when we moved to the United States. Um, I grew up going to aftercare and my, my mom got home late, worked a lot. We always had a delicious home cooked meal. And it just makes me emotional to even think about um, the love and the effort that she gave to our family. And I know that there's so many families out there who are in the same situation and Italian cooking from the root is simple 
delicious and fresh ingredients are very important, but the process doesn't have to be complicated. And that's what my mom had to do um, when she was putting together a meal day after day in probably less than 30 minutes. Now on the weekends, she had her friends. Oh, we had our friends over and my, my dad too. I'm not talking so much about him, but he did, he did help. Um, and, and that was time for maybe a little more elegant cooking, which my parents have taught me all kinds of fabulous recipes from very fancy to what we put on the table every evening. And it's healthy, it's achievable, it's delicious. And the reason why it's important to do that, again, I feel, is to bring families back to the table at dinner time. Bring that conversation when it's possible. I've taught in inner city schools for 13 years. I know poverty. And it really, it really breaks my heart. Um, some of these homes where parents are working so many jobs, they're not they're not able to provide um, either a home situation where they have dinner on the table every night. Um, what's been int really interesting and fulfilling for me through this process is a lot of my students <laughs> um, have started following this venture of mine. And these sweet teenagers are making meals for their younger siblings. And I just think, okay, if, if, if a teenager can do it, you know, um, and if they have the patience and, and if they are, you know, their parents can provide these simple ingredients, which really you can find anywhere. Um, I think we all can do it and we all deserve, we all deserve to give it a try. So that's my heart behind creating achievable recipes and bringing people to the table and creating memories. It's not always going to be, let's cook this meal together and have this experience. I love to do that. I consider myself fortunate that I can bring my children into the kitchen and give them that experience with me. Um, but there's also a place for, we need to create this meal for the sole purpose of getting mouse fed this evening. And these recipes have the ability to do that. Okay, awesome. So awesome that your mom set such a great example and just no matter what, got meal, got dinner on the table for you guys. And I love that her recipes, you mentioned they're simple and delicious and fresh, but they're not overly complicated. She could do that in a relatively short amount of time. And that is true for so many meals. I think in our minds, we overcomplicate things and we think if I want to do this, I'm going to have to invest two hours yeah. of my evening to get dinner on the table. And that is not the case. We do not have to invest that much time. No. And the fact that the teenagers at your school are creating your recipes, Elena, that's yeah. so awesome. That has to just make your heart so happy. It is. I could just walk away and think, okay, I've done one good thing. <laughs> Seriously. That is amazing. And do they give you feedback? Yes, they um, they love they've they've loved it, and it's it's fun for them and distracting, and also um, gives confidence, right? I mean, think about think about um, for me, for example, if somebody teaches me how to do something that I'm not very good at, maybe a painting or something like that. And I, somebody is able to walk me through it. And at the end, I walk away with this painting. I mean, it almost brings me to tears because I think I made that, I accomplished that, you know? And, I, and I've and i had kind of some similar reactions from 
this is not my students, but other people who have um, come back to the kitchen with some of my recipes, it's been very touching for them to think that they can sit, you know, they've neglected something for so long because they're scared of it. You know, to me, cooking and ingredients and food, I mean, it's second nature. It's like I close my eyes and I make carbonara, you know what I mean? But but to some people, it's it's a, there's a huge barrier with cooking. And so to break that barrier gives confidence, especially to a mom who's tired, who's worn out, who may, you know, has, has is dealing with different things. The, the fact that she's able to gather her family again with something that she's created and was able to do, I think is huge for so many people out there. You are instilling confidence in people. That is kind of the theme I'm taking away. And you're also making a huge difference. I know that you probably already know that on some level, but I think it's just good to point that out from my perspective. I hardly know you, but you are making a difference. So you are amazing, Elena. (laughs) So inspiring. Oh, I, I hope so. You know, that's another hard part about the blogging and social media world is you know, you can spend however many hours or how much time on a blog post. And then you just think, I mean, you can always, you know, kind of go look and, and see how many views it had or whatever. But you just think, oh, how many people did I reach or how many people really made it? And I just want to come in your home and, and sit at your table with you. And, you know, I realize that's not possible, but and, and not everyone is going to say something. And, and some people do, you know, I think maybe one in 10 actually come back and share a personal experience they had with you. Um, but I'm kind of used to that after 13 years of teaching, you know, I've welcomed so many teenagers with open arms. And um, I, some of them, I still call my children that, I, that I've just had forever. And I've kept in touch. But with teaching, it's something that you have to do that if you teach one, if you help one, if you make a difference for one, you know, um, and usually, of course, it's more than that, but that's what you're there to do. And I think that's the lens that um, also gets lost is people are trying to please the masses. They're writing for the masses. What's popular now? I'll write a recipe for that. What are people searching now? Some of those things are very important to keep in mind. Um, and you do want to attract, you know, some traffic to your site and, and be mindful of all of the back end SEO. But I recommend also writing for that one person, writing for that one mom who needs it, writing for that single dad, writing for that teenager who is looking for a way out of depression. It's so true though. Like when you get that one comment, even if it's just one, aren't you just like, oh my gosh, I am so glad I made that recipe and put this out into the world just for you, just you one person. If nobody else looks at it or makes it, that's totally fine with me, but you loved it and that's all that matters. Yes, 100%. What do you recommend for people who are listening and they don't add much of a story or add much of themselves to their content? Um, and they want to, how do you recommend they start? I recommend by starting with a just a little bit here and there, just like starting a new um, routine, okay? Um, you decided you want to run a half marathon, but you're not you're not a runner. Um, and so do I suggest you don't run the marathon? No, but I suggest that you start one mile at a time for several days and then build up and then build up. So maybe something that you could do again is start with a little section. Um, 
in your blog, like both you and I do, where we share a little bit of personal, if that seems too daunting, how about um, mix, just sprinkling in, like you said, a little bit more personality to your blog? Once you've done that, maybe for a couple blog posts, you think, hmm, well, I think I'm going to share this little story that, you know, that I had while making this or while creating it. Let's say it's not a family recipe. Let's say it's something that you developed on your own or by mistake, or you saw it somewhere and you wanted to make it again. Well, tell that story. The thing I think people are scared of is, well, I don't really want to tell my story or I don't really want to talk about myself. Okay. And that was something that I've, that I've actually talked to other people about. And I'm teaching a course on this exact thing on Tastemakers Conference. I don't know if you know about them, Tastemakers Conference, April 9th and 10th. Um, but the whole, the whole presentation is about, you know, how do you share your story? People are, some people are not as comfortable sharing themselves and that's totally fine. But there's different ways to represent yourself through selling your stories um, in different ways. Some people do it through their photography style. And a lot of, um, you know, food bloggers are also food photographers and they are very confident in their craft of food photography. And maybe you can talk about the, the photo, of, of taking the photo or how you styled the photo and how important that is to make it visually appealing and delicious. Because we all know that visually in food blogging and, and also on Instagram, we're drawn to those photos. And more and more now, the quality of the photos, you know, has, has upped. So why not talk about that? So there's different ways to talk about your story that's different than let me tell you my life story. I think there's a big difference there that can stop people um, and, and make them afraid of sharing more of their personality, if that makes sense. It does. And I love how you frame that. So it doesn't have to be about writing or telling this long narrative about a family uh, recipe or family history. It can, but it can also be about different ways to communicate. So a lot of us do communicate through our photography and like maybe someone creates a dark and moody theme for a reason. Well, tell your story through that. Why are you photographing that beverage in that way. And then also as you were talking, Elena, I had the thought of like behind the scenes stuff could also be a way to um, get your foot in the door with just be, like being real to your audience. Yes. Did you mess up? Did you have a flop while, you know, doing this or this happened to me while making this, it might happen to you or, you know, here's what to do to fix it or um, anything that, that is relatable to your audience without, you know, spilling your guts about your whole life. I'm fine doing that, (laughs) you know, and I wasn't always so it, you know, I've, I've actually gained a lot just through, through experience. And I understand that's definitely not people's style all of the time and it shouldn't be. So when I say, tell your story, or when I say, share your story, I think it's tell a human experience, relate to your audience on a human level. And There are different ways to do that, like we talked about. And I think that is achievable for everyone doing it because some way, somehow, you're passionate about what you're doing. Why not tell them why and and why you do it? Yeah, and real. I feel like no matter 
how you can achieve real is relatable. If you can show the mess in your kitchen after making a meal, that is something that people love and they can relate to and be like, okay, so the food blogger (laughs) makes a mess. So I'm not alone. (laughs) I mean, it could be as simple as that. That's a story. That's a story about your day. Yes. There's, there's so many different avenues of sharing um, a universal story or, or a story and don't let it stop you. Yeah. And there's so much you can talk about with food, the preparation, the way that you enjoyed it, the way your family reacted to it, the mess you left, the cleanup. I mean, there's so much. So, I mean, we just need to think a little bit outside of the box, I think, and um, making it like a human experience. Like you said, Elena, I love those words because much of making food and um, delivering food is about a human experience. We are humans. We're making food. We're delivering it to other humans so they can eat it and enjoy it. Is there anything else you feel like food bloggers should just keep in their minds as they go about producing blog posts and uh, maybe offering themselves up to their audience in a new way, in a more personal way? Um, I think one thing that comes to mind is and I find myself doing this sometimes, but it's something that I feel passionate to share. And it's don't compare your day one to someone's day 100. I would say check in with your own progress. Be the winner of your own race. So don't come and look, you know, in my Instagram and say, oh, oh, she does it this way. and, And I can't, you know, so the point in sharing all of these tools and suggestions that we've talked about today and had so much fun doing so is just a way to open up a conversation within whoever's listening right now. I want you to think about your how and your why. If you're listening, why are you doing what you're doing and how are you executing that process? And does your audience know why you're there? Is it clear to them and is it clear to you? And I think by answering those questions, And the more confident that we are in whatever our profession, food blogging, the more that will just create a ripple effect into the people that we touch. So if you're just starting tomorrow, it's your day one and starting to share a little bit more about yourself and selling your story in this way. That's your day one. And you will evolve and it will just change. There will be so much fluid change throughout it. And it will just create a beautiful product that will keep changing. So I feel passionate to say that everyone has their own journey and be the winner of your own race. Oh my gosh. I hate to even interrupt that. I feel like you could keep going. (laughs) But yeah, like embrace the day one, right? Because without a day one, there's not a day 100. You have to embrace every day leading up to that point where you're like, okay, I'm finally getting this because there's value in all of it. And then you might pivot and you might change and you might decide, oh, I'm not going to do it that way anymore. I'm going to do it this new way. But that other way brought you to the new way. And sometimes it is hard to show up every day. And I think um, there was a while a few months ago where I just thought, oh, man, should I do this? I have three young kids. I'm still teaching, you know, kind of having a moment there. And every day it just helps me to think, just show up. 
you know, when you can and be healthy about it, not in an inauthentic workaholic kind of a way, but in a genuine way, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do the day and we'll see what happens. I didn't want to share that story initially about my name. Um, the replies are just paragraphs long of how much it touched people. Not every story will be like that. Some stories I write sobbing and think, oh, I'm sure people, you know, and, and it touches some, but maybe not as many as I thought. Well, that was just a day and I showed up and it made a difference to one person. And it does not matter how many people, you know replied to everything. But like you said, it's about the one person. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to say a thank you to you because it sounds like you are an incredible teacher. And as a mom who has a um, live two boys in the public schools, but one has definitely needed extra assistance throughout the years. And so I feel like more than most parents, I really, really, truly appreciate those really good teachers because they make such a difference. Like it doesn't matter what the curriculum is. Honestly, like the good teachers are worth so much to me. And I can tell I have teacher radar now where when I meet the teachers first, I'm like, yep, they're going to be excellent. And then there is one year. There's only been one year when our son did not get a good teacher. And my husband actually met him for or met her first. And he came back after open house and he was like, um, yeah, so I don't really think you're going to love her. And, I, and I'm like, no, I'm sure it's fine. And then I met her and instantly knew what he was talking about. I was like, okay. And that was a really rough year. One that we all remember, unfortunately, for bad reasons. And so, okay, all of that, that rant to say that I'm just like super grateful that you invest your time in your students and you instill confidence in them. So collective thank you to you for that, Elena. Oh, of course. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. This was an amazingly fun chat. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. It was one of those that went by really fast. So thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure again. And thank you so much. Yes. Well, I know you've already shared words of inspiration. Do you have anything else to share with us or a favorite quote? Um, I did have a quote that... Um, I, <laughs> I kind of wrote down in my journal in January and I just kind of keep looking at it and it's mainly for me, but I think maybe somebody out there might need it as well. And it just says, fear will always stop you. Faith will always push you. In my life, choosing faith is what's made all the difference. And I wrote this down and it's to remind me of all the times where when I chose faith, when I chose to keep going, I have so many examples in my life. It's made a huge difference. And when I boggle up in the fear, when I literally feel paralyzed and stop in my tracks because I cannot move forward, nothing creative will come of that. And I can't help anybody else when I live in that fear. So I would choose faith over fear any day. Oh, love it. Such a great way to end. Thank you so much for that. Such truth there. 
We will put together a show notes page for you, Elena. If anyone wants to go peek at that, you can find them at eatblogtalk.com forward slash mama mia. Elena, tell everyone where they can find you online. Yes, it's mama mia manja.com and Instagram is the same mama mia manja um, underscore underscore for Instagram. So you can find me at either of those places. I'm also on Pinterest under the same name and handle, um, Facebook and, um, TikTok is kind of embarrassing. (laughs) I'm not very active on there. Don't go on there. Um, I'm most personal on Instagram and on my blog where you can find me at mamamiamanja.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Elena, for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.